friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. So today on the show, I'm so excited to welcome Becky Kapitsky. Becky is a mom of two girls. She's a blogger and an author, and she's actually a course creator as well. She has this fabulous program called the the Cranky Mom Fix, which I'm really excited to talk to her about. So welcome to the show, Becky. Hi, Bethann. It's so fun to be here today. Thanks for having me. So Becky, can you start by just telling me a little bit more about your online business and about yourself in general? Sure, absolutely. Well, like you said, I'm an author and a blogger, but mostly I just consider myself first and foremost a mom. And I have two beautiful daughters, Clara's nine and Noelle is six. My husband and I have been married for 15 years next week. And I just have such a heart for my fellow moms because I don't know about you, Bethann, but when I became a mom, it was sort of like a baptism by fire for me. I realized oh my goodness, this requires complete selflessness and complete awareness of what these little people are doing at all times. And and I really was not well equipped emotionally <laughs> and physically to handle all the demands of parenting. And so out of that, I developed a writing ministry. And so I started blogging a weekly devotion for, for women, for fellow moms, and that has just grown since. And so then I, I had the privilege of writing my first book called The Super Mom Myth, which came out about a little over a year ago. And I have grown such a a ministry and a heart for fellow moms, fellow wives, just women and family situations who are trying to make the very best of their lives as not only parents, but as wives and women in general. And so out of all of that, I have gotten to know a lot of women and communicated with a lot of ladies out there. And we all have one particular thing in common. We are often very cranky. We get cranky at the end of, end of a day, at the beginning of a day. It just depends, really, <laughs> you know, on, on um, what sort of proximity you are into your children. And so we just tend to get cranky at all sorts of things. And it's an issue that I struggled with, especially in the beginning. And so for me, I'm a Christian woman, so I would dig into scripture to figure out uh, how do I handle this? How do I handle this nasty beast that I become? And so that's really the basis of where my book came from. And out of that, I just got to have a chance to talk with a lot of women who wanted more direct help. Uh, they just wanted to know, how do I handle this situation? Or or how do I get myself out of this kind of a funk? And so I developed this coaching program um, called the Cranky Mom Fix. And my experience is simply, I'm a mom, just like you and so many others. And But I've really been training myself through scripture on how to handle certain situations or how to handle certain attitudes. And it really, I've seen a big difference in my own life and my own family. And then I lead Bible studies and I do some speaking for women's groups. And so I've put myself in sort of this role. I've become a mentor to a lot of women, which is funny to be the one who thought she needed the help. And then to suddenly be in a position where others are asking for your help. (laughs) And so I just thought a wonderful way to be able to connect with women in a variety of ages and stages and locations is to do an online program. So that was really the idea behind the Cranky Mom Fix, which has been a really great adventure and I've learned so much from it. (laughs) So Becky, I know you launched the Cranky Mom Fix as a a beta test. Yes. You had a group of beta testers go through the program first last summer and I'd love to hear about 
that process? How did you decide to do the beta test? How did you structure that? And what did you learn from doing a beta test? I learned so much. I'm so glad that I decided to go the beta, the beta test route because the women, I had 27 women over the summer who were with me really to help develop the program. I learned so much from them and from their feedback, the program became more substantial than I originally envisioned it. So to give you an example, what I did is I, I simply sent out an email to my mailing list, which at the time I think was only 2,500 women maybe. I sent out an email to all of them and I said, look, I'm just looking for 10 women. I wanted 10 women who are willing to go down this journey with me. It would have been, it was an eight week program and I designed the program so that it was all online. We had a Facebook group and then I did some webcasts through Crowdcast. That was just the tool I happened to use and test out. And I really liked it. It was a great experience. So I would do a Crowdcast every other week. So I did four units and I would present to them about 45 minutes to 60 minutes of material or encouragement. And then I had a ton of handouts for them and activities that they could do with their families. And so I just, I I had all of that already underway in my, in my mind, but I started in April and I said, who wants to go through this with me as I develop it? And that way I was able to develop the program and essentially get paid for developing it. So I had just a concept and an outline of four units when I started and 27 women ended up coming on board. I only said I wanted 10, but it was interesting at the time I had set the price at a certain, a certain place. And then I got a lot of feedback that women were interested, but it was just too pricey for them. And when I saw how many people were interested and I, again, this is so tricky as a business woman, but I thought I really, my first heart was just to serve women. So I cut the price in half and I said, I'm cutting it in half. And if I can get 20 women, this is a go. And I ended up having to turn people away at 27 women. So it was a really interesting test for me, not only in the content, but initially in how do I price this thing? So there was a, a there was a need for it which I had already suspected, which is why I reached out to women in the first place. And then they confirmed it when women just came in in droves. I think I ended up with a lead list of about a 100 people just from that one email that I sent out, uh, which was really exciting for me. So I went, I started with 27 women. I had my first unit prepared for them. We did the crowdcast and I had handouts and activities for them. We communicated over the Facebook group. So in the alternate week when I hadn't done the webcast, I would do Facebook live videos and do some live Q&A and that type of thing. And then I just asked them to give me feedback. And I was able to spend my summer developing the content unit by unit according to their feedback. So that was really great. So like I said, they had all paid me a base price to be a part of the beta group, knowing that part of their responsibility was to give me some input on how they thought the program should go. So I ended up being able to develop this very solid program without having to cover any of it from seed money. It was all paid for by the participants and ended up to be a really wonderful experience. One thing in particular that I learned is specifically what the women were after, what they wanted out of this. I really thought women maybe didn't want to have to have too much to do. So I was going to make it very accessible and have a a nice open communication type of webcast and then availability to them on Facebook and then some handouts if they wanted to do activities with their families. And it was all very light, not fluffy, but not a whole lot of heavy work on their end. And these women came back to me and said, we want to dig deeper. We want more. We want a daily devotion. And I was thrilled because that's my heart. And to know that these women 
wanted to really dig into the word to know more about what does God's word say about how we should not be cranky anymore. I was thrilled. And so I actually ended up spending hours and hours and hours of time that I hadn't expected to have to spend. But it was great. I spent so many hours through that summer. I developed 10 daily devotions then. We, we called them daily diggins. And it was great. It got me into the Bible. It got the women into the Bible. And they were, they in the end, got twice as much out of the program because it had some real st- substantive, what's the word? Some substantial, substantial content behind it. And so it was great also because it wasn't just me talking to them. We were able to really dive into a much more reliable source. So it was just a wonderful experience to know that these women really wanted a lot of meat in the program. And here I was thinking that they would be blessed by something that didn't require too much of them. A lot of them came back and said, we want you to require much of us. And that's how we're going to learn. So that was just such a cool experience. Yeah, I love that, Becky. And I love that you know, rather than spend hours and hours and hours of work up front going off of maybe a hunch that, oh, I should do these daily dig-ins and those types of things. Instead, you waited and you got that feedback from this group of ladies and then you were able to say, okay, let me give you exactly what you want and exactly what you need. And, you know, I, I think a lot of business owners out there who are thinking about a signature course or a coaching program, we get so excited and so then we just create all of this stuff but we haven't really figured out, is this what our, our customer wants? That's exactly right. It's like you said, it's, it was a hunch. And that's really all any of us has to start with. And maybe some market data. Uh, that's all great. But in this case, I was able to say, I really want to develop this program. I think that women will be blessed by it. I think that there will be a need and even a demand for it. But I didn't know for sure. And so I was able to develop it as... As these women came alongside me, let me know what they wanted and whether or not I had something viable at the end. And uh, it was, I was so glad that I did it that way instead of, like you said, putting all the work and all the upfront investment into it only to discover that nobody wanted it. So it was really, it was such a wonderful learning experience for me. Now, Becky, I'm so curious if you don't mind sharing, what was the cost for one of your beta testers to be part of that initial program? Thank you for asking. Initially, I had worked with a business coach in Chicago who just, crazy story. I met her at, I am three hours from Chicago. I met her because we ran into each other at a coffee shop. She sat down next to me. I commented on the little purse dog that she was carrying in her duffel bag. And we had a conversation and she was overhearing my conversation with another friend about potentially doing an online course. So she handed me her business card and said, talk to me. She took me on as a pro bono project and was giving me some advice through the process as I was developing about pricing. And I also learned from that, that when you come from a different market, you've got to adjust according to um, the women you're working with. So I initially priced the program at $499 for an eight-week high-touch program. And I got several women saying, yes, they're interested, but that was just 
a little too pricey for them. And that was when I cut the price to 250. And I said, for eight weeks, I'm going to offer this program for $250. Uh, who's in? And I got an influx. I was amazed for about three or four days. Every time I checked my email, I would get another list of women who were on board. And it was so exciting for me to see the numbers add up, not because it was dollars adding up, but because it was customers who actually valued what I was offering. And it was an affirmation that the hunch was right. So I did end up charging $250 for 27 women. And that funded everything that was required of developing the program. And so that included, I converted to ConvertKit uh, off of MailChimp. I hired someone to handle much of that conversion for me. I hired someone to help with social media. I hired a designer to do much of the design work in some of the handouts that I offered. I also, she, I actually hired her to create templates for me so that I had the flexibility to design the content as I went, but it was all a uniform look and feel because she had created templates for me. So I tried to be really wise about how I invested those dollars, but I was able to upfront get the money I needed to create the course itself, which was just a wonderful thing because in the end, we didn't lose any money on it. We didn't put any seed money into it that was not returned back to us in the end. Right. That is just so smart, Becky. <laughs> I love that. So I know from after you did the beta test of the program, then you launched it in a bigger way in the fall. And that was, you know, after you had added all of these new pieces of content and figured out exactly what everyone wanted. Can you talk a little bit about that fall launch that you did? Yes. That fall launch was another huge learning experience. Now, I expected that I was going to be, be developing a program over the summer that was going to be polished, perfect, good to go for a huge launch in the fall. That was my anticipation. And I did have that solid program and I had a lot of women interested in that program. And so what I did then, I actually, I made a very concerted effort in my marketing schedule. I came up with a, a plan, a, a marketing strategy for how many emails I was going to send on what day and how I was going to, uh, I was going to automate emails so that people who were interested or who clicked on a certain page on my website would get information about the program. I took out Facebook ads. I did all sorts of really strategic, I took many strategic steps for my marketing plan over a number of about three weeks leading up to launch. And I got tons of interest and very few buyers in the beginning. I did a webcast where I offered the program at the end. It was a free webcast. I was I was thrilled. I think I got 250 people signed up for the webcast. And for me, that was huge. I was expecting maybe 50. I was hoping for 50. And I got five times as many as I was hoping for. So everything was lining up. And then as soon as the doors opened for the launch, I, I heard crickets. And I could not figure out why. And so I went, I was asking for feedback, you know, what, and I continued to follow up. And the main feedback that I got from women was the timing was just not right. I had so many women tell me, if you offer this again in the spring, I would love to do it. And that's when I discovered, I didn't know to anticipate this, but I discovered with a polished program, everything was set up. My marketing plan was spot on. And so I thought, and then I looked back at the feedback I had gotten originally, women had open time in the summer, or they thought they had open time in the summer. And they were anticipating having all this freedom. Some of them did, some of them didn't. So they ended up really not exactly trailing off of the program, but some of them 
ended up going back in the fall and finishing it. I gave them access to the videos and things. But in the fall, women just knew right off the bat, you know, we've got soccer schedule, we've got a volleyball schedule, and, and you know, kids are back into this and this. And so they, or, or my, you know, I'm a teacher or my husband's a teacher. And so our summer was easier, but now we just don't have time. And it was fascinating to me how the timing of a launch makes all the difference. I was thinking that fall was going to be a brand new start, but it was it did not turn out to be that way. And yet I knew from the beta test that I had a solid program. I had amazing testimonials for this program. And then when it came time to launch it, so much positive feedback, but very few buyers. And so that's when I learned how to test the market and pricing. So I did something very crazy. I actually launched the program at $299 because I wanted all of my beta testers to be able to say that they had the better value. But at $299, I thought very solid program, solid price. And I had, I got only a few takers in the beginning and I panicked. I probably shouldn't have panicked because I still had time. I still had time. And so I, st- I will never know what would have happened if I had just gone at my full price, but I panicked and the the ministry mom and me who just wants to bless all the women said, let's just see if price is an issue here. And so I slashed the cost to the point where price could not have been the issue. If price was the main concern, I wanted just to eliminate it altogether to get that off the table because then I would know, is it really cost or is it schedules? Is it the content? So I slept, Bethann, you're going to kill me. I slashed that program down to $99. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I gave women the option to make three payments for $33 a piece. Cause I just said, it was either that or honestly, I was thinking about canceling the fall program and just waiting till spring. But so I thought, let's just see if price is an issue here. And suddenly I had an influx. So I knew that uh, timing was it, it was, it was it for a lot of people. But when I, when I managed to cut down that cost barrier, I had all of the women who in the summer were telling me they wanted to, but they couldn't afford it. So I felt like I opened the doors to women who really needed the program. And the one neat thing was that one of my beta testers was from the UK outside of London, and she brought on board her entire mom's group. So we had a, a group of six, seven ladies from the UK who were watching the, the webcasts, uh, you know, <laughs> six hours ahead. And I, I just grew to love these ladies and they have invited me to come to England <laughs> to visit Aww. them. And so it turned out to be a really a great experience. But for me, I feel like it's all still a work in progress. So now I've, I went through the fall program again. It was affirmed that the content was strong. The women loved the content. So I am back at a place now where I feel like I developed the program without having to put any of my own investment in. I experimented with a launch and I learned a lot of what to do and what not to do. And now I am sitting with a what do I do next? And it's an exciting spot to be in. I don't feel at all like I succeeded or I failed. I feel like it's all just a work in progress and I'm waiting to see next. What's the, what's the right move? So do I offer it again at a different time at a premium price? Do I lock it down to a certain number of people? Do I offer it again at the $99 and open the doors to a hundred people? It's all of this is up in the air for me. So as a, as a learn as I go businesswoman, it's just been a, a big experiment. But as long as I look at it that way, I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with it. Although I still can't believe I slashed my, the cost by a third. But when the women started flooding in, I felt like I'm doing the right thing here because my heart is really for serving women and for blessing women, encouraging women. And they definitely were blessed. They were encouraged. I know that from the feedback I got from the program. So uh, a lot of it for me has just been a learning, a learning experience on 
timing, on marketing strategies, on on pricing, on the supply and demand issue. Do you know? Do I make it in an elite group so that it's not open to everyone? All of those questions are things that I'm still exploring, but it's been quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love that you are just willing to be flexible and test and kind of take a look at the results and the data in front of you and then make choices from there. Because yeah, I mean, there is not a, there's not just one formula for, you know, being a successful business owner. There's so many different factors to look at. So yeah, absolutely. Now I do want to encourage you, Becky, if you open the doors again in the spring, one thing I noticed when I did my first open and close cart for one of my courses, so I did that for my Facebook advertising course, and I had the cart open for about three weeks, and then I said, you know what, I want to take this group of students that I bring in and like we're going to go through this together because I wanted to just be able to turn off the marketing and just invest in them and do you know weekly office hours and things like that. So the one thing I did notice with that, though, was I felt similar to you at first where I was like, oh, boy, like the first webinar, I was like, I'm not getting very great purchase numbers here. This is not going so well. Like the the number of people that flooded in in those last couple of days, though, <laughs> I mean, that's when they all right? in. Um, and then I also had a, like some fast action bonuses and the day that those bonuses were expiring, which was like a few days before the cart was going to close oh my goodness, so many sales on that day where people didn't want to miss out on the bonuses. But yeah, I just want to encourage you that, you know, they may all come in the last few days before you close the cart. That is very encouraging. And I think that's what, that's exactly what I learned I didn't wait for. Yeah. Like I said, I panicked. <laughs> and, but I did still have a wonderful group and a wonderful experience. And I look forward to, if, if I run the program again, that is great feedback for me because I think I just need to make sure that I hold fast to one pricing conviction because I was perfectly comfortable being flexible first time around as I was learning. But now I just need to have a conviction about this is what my price is and this is what the schedule is going to be. And women are going to take it or they're going to leave it. But I love knowing that in those final hours when the cart is open, all the, it can make all the difference. Oh, yeah. Wow, but you got to be strong. I know. <laughs> you're like, we're, you're nervous all along the way. I definitely did start to get more sales trickling in throughout that three-week period. So I was like, okay, I've made back my ad money so far. I'm doing okay there. But yeah, I mean, it didn't really, I didn't really see in the end, well, you know, how many students or how profitable until, you know, last minute. <laughs> that is so interesting. And good for me. It's very good for me to know because I, I hope to continue with uh, more programs down the road. And like I said, all of it's been a learning experience, but I went into it with that mindset. I went into it as a beta program. You are going to teach me feedback on, you, know, you ladies are going to tell me what do you want. I have an idea of what I'm going to give you. You ladies are going to help me. And then throughout, I was able to glean from them what was working and what wasn't. And I just continued that whole idea, that whole spirit of this is a learning experience through all of it, through the fall launch, through the pricing, through the, the marketing. Uh, and I did, I definitely learned a lot. And as long as I looked at it as this is a learning experience, then I, I wasn't too terribly discouraged whenever anything didn't go the way I thought it would, because I could not really have predicted how things were going to go. That's the way, that was the mindset I had in the beginning. 
Let's just look at this as an experiment and see how it goes. And I guided it. It was, it was a guided experience, experiment. But at the same time, I learned so much from customers and from women and their feedback. And one thing I did learn is to not be afraid of their feedback. I, you know, I, I would ask some women, tell me what about this program has been valuable to you? Tell me what has not been valuable to you? Uh, because I wanted to offer people what they want what they wanted. And as long as what they wanted was aligned with what I was able to give them, then it it ended up to be a really fabulous experience in the end. So Becky, I have to ask because I'm such a Facebook ads nerd. You mentioned doing some Facebook ads for your fall launch. So I'm curious, did were those helpful to you? Did you find that you were able to get new email subscribers at a an affordable rate? And did those do you think contribute to your overall sales or not so much? That's a great question because I did not, I did not see the return of my Facebook ads that I was hoping for, but I also didn't go all in in investing a ton of money in my Facebook ads. And actually I had, I had listened to your webinar when you were promoting your Facebook ads course and, um, and it done all sorts of work on the back end for with my, my pixel and, um, and, you know, trying to come up with a lookalike audience. And, and I think it was beneficial in that it got me, uh, it got my program, it got my name out there some more. I got more Facebook likes on my author page, but I didn't see much of that translate into sales, but I also didn't see much convert into sales on any of my social media efforts, which was interesting. So email was probably my primary sales tool at the time, or the one that ended up making the most conversion in the end. Yeah. So, and I had, I'd done Instagram, I'd done some Facebook ads. I, I ran quite a bit on Pinterest with my social media manager over the summer. And, and most of it did not work out the way I had hoped. But yet again, looking into it as an experiment, I would not shy away from doing Facebook ads again. I would just look at that. As, let's take a look at the data, figure out what went well, what didn't, what could I have done differently. And honestly, Bethann, I don't know that I understood it well enough to be able to maximize my capability, which is why something like your Facebook ad course is so invaluable to women, because I think I needed to understand better what I was doing before I launched into it. Right. And I definitely see that from a lot of business owners where they just kind of want to test and experiment with some Facebook ads, which is, you know, totally okay. I don't want to discourage that, but it, it's hard to make <laughs> a profit um, unless you have, you know, a very detailed plan. Um, and even for me to this day, I constantly have students who are like, really, Bethann, do I really have to use my ads to build my email list? Can't I just send people to my shop or send them to my thing to buy my buy my stuff? Can't I run Facebook ads that way? And I'm like, well, you can, but let me tell you time and time again, I because I try the lazy route all the time. I try all the time. Like, let me just send people <laughs> over to my shop and see what happens. It never is profitable the way that getting new email subscribers and then converting those subscribers into customers. I mean, there's just, as I'm sure you can testify, there's nothing quite as powerful as that email list. So... Oh, that's very true. That's very true. In fact, I did use one strategy in the beginning of August to grow my email list, which really was successful for me. And that was I did a big giveaway. And I did take out some Facebook ads for the giveaway. And I had a wonderful response from that. So we did a, a an ultimate me time giveaway. And so I had and I had many women who were in business for themselves, other brilliant business moms running businesses from their homes, who donated items for that giveaway. It was wonderful. We had a big donation from Rodan and Fields. We had LuLaRoe. We 
had some essential oils. We just had all sorts of wonderful mom pampering items. And then women subscribe, or of course they they entered the giveaway and then in doing so subscribed to my list. And then I had an entire sequence of emails to keep them attracted to the list. But in doing that, I did grow my email list substantially. I don't have all those numbers exactly in front of me, but it was a really great strategy. And I wanted to make sure that that was done strategically before I launched my program, before I opened the cart for it. And so that really was a great tip. And that one I got from you as well, oh. actually. So so thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad that worked out for you. <laughs> oh, funny. But I am not, I like I said, I'm not afraid of Facebook ads in the future. I do, I believe that they can be very effective. I just want to figure out what is the best way for me to maximize their effectiveness for me and for my programs. And I'm looking at doing another um, membership program and in the near future, another friend and I are looking at partnering on it. And we are looking at using Facebook ads as one of the driving forces in that strategy. So like I said, not afraid of them, but I just need to maybe be a little bit better equipped on how to optimize Facebook ads for what my purposes are. Well, great. I'm excited to see to see how all that goes for you. So Becky, one question that I feel like a lot of women out there listening to this might be, they might be feeling this in the back of their minds, is... You know, as someone who approached this from, you know, being a mom and feeling like one of your biggest problems was being cranky and feeling like you're not doing your best job as a mom when you're you're cranky and your your mood is not where it should be. And so you solved your own problem and then from there you've helped so many other women to solve this problem. But did you ever have those doubts of, you know, who am I to be teaching on this or coaching on this? And if so, how did you push past those to to create your program and and just serve women? (laughs) I'm laughing, but then I have those doubts every day, (laughs) every day, every day, because I, I can coach on it because I still live it daily. I'm still practicing my own principles every day. And absolutely, every blog post I write, uh, an entire book I wrote on motherhood, this coaching program, all of it. I get the voices in my head that say, who do you think you are trying to encourage other women when you are messing it up yourself every day? But those are the kinds of voices that I know, first of all, don't come from God. Those are never from God. He would always be an encourager. And secondly, I listen to that and I think, well, that's right. Who am I? I am just another mom like everyone else. And that's who they want to hear from. They don't want to hear from some perfect woman out there who has got it all figured out. They want to be talking to somebody who's walking in the trenches with them and who is figuring this out as she goes. And I have some principles that I abide by. I have some tips and tricks that I have used that are very effective for me, but I still need to be reminding myself daily to use them. So it's not that I've got it all figured out and I... I absolutely stop and think, especially on the days when I become a little testy and my own convictions are sort of staring me in the face because my kids are unruly and I'm just about to lose it. And I will stop and think, who am I to be encouraging these women? And then what I do is I share with them exactly how I'm feeling. This is what happened to me today. This is what I felt like doing. Either I managed to pull it around or I didn't, but here's what happened. And they all come back and say, Thank you for sharing that because I need to know that you are not perfect, that you are struggling with this just like I am, but that you're going to encourage me to push through it. And so I really think that my authenticity and the fact that I am not perfect and that I am not necessarily the the model mom who does everything right, I think that that actually is part of the appeal because 
Anytime that I need to go to someone for guidance, I want to know that that person has walked through what I am asking help for help with. Otherwise, if she hasn't, then she has nothing to offer me. And so I would rather not talk to another perfect mom myself. I have many wonderful mentor moms. Every single one of them would tell you that they, they're not perfect. If it weren't for prayer, they would probably, you know, still be huddled in the corner crying. And so I'm encouraged by other women who are able to tell me, I've done this. I've messed up. Here's what I learned from it. And here's how I can walk you through it. And so that's the kind of that's the place that I come from when I'm encouraging other women, because as soon as they think that I've got it all together, then I have lost my ministry altogether. We are really walking through it together. And many, many days I have this thought, whether it's my coaching program or anything else I do, often that thought comes into my head. Who do you think you are? And don't we all as women in business have that thought sometimes? Who do you think you are? to be creating this product or to be selling this service or to be offering this up to the world. Who do you think you are? That is always a lie. That is always a lie. Somebody's trying to beat you down in your own head. That's, it's never, it's never the truth because who we are is someone who has a passion for something and we were designed to offer it to everyone else and people are going to take it or they're not going to take it, but that does not define who we are. And so I continue to, I get up every day and I say, I'm going to write and I'm going to mentor women and I'm going to struggle through it. But I think that that increases my authenticity, which increases my appeal, which only increases the affirmation that I, that I should be in this business in the first place. Don't you think? (laughs) I do think Becky, I love that perspective. I 100% agree with you. I have to say that, you know, in my own business, the area where I feel most insecure is with the time management piece, uh, which is so funny. I feel way more confident that, oh, yeah, I've got great business strategies to teach. But, you know, for example, with designing a planner, my sister and I designed the first planner and it was just based on us trying to solve our own problem. And then for me, time management and just being this productivity wizard, that does not come naturally to me. So I'm constantly trying out new strategies to be more intentional with my life, with my time. And like you said, I'm in the trenches. I'm I'm learning, I'm growing along with the ladies that I'm, you know, then teaching and sharing time management strategies with. So love your perspective. Absolutely. Don't you think that's where the most authentic products come from, the most authentic services? When we ourselves are faced with a problem and we need to figure out a solution for it, that I think is where our our greatest ideas come from because it is a place where people can say, she's been there, she's done it, she's figured out a solution. So I want to walk alongside her as she does that. And that's, I think, where our greatest successes can come from is from tackling those problems. Because if you were brilliant with your time management, you wouldn't need a planner. (laughs) 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 I love it. (laughs) Well, Becky, it has been such a joy to talk to you today. As we wrap up, we love to ask all of the moms that come on our show if they have either a funny or an adorable mom moment (laughs) that they could share. (laughs) Oh, many, many. Let me think. This one is G-rated. The next one is not... So over the summer, my daughters do the summer library program and they get their little booklet that tells them what activities they need to do each week in order to get their sticker and then they get their prizes and they're asked certain questions along the way in the, in the summer library booklet. And one of the questions was, who is your favorite author? And so my six year old 
said, Mom, guess who I'm going to put as my favorite author? And I'm thinking, well, it's probably the guy who wrote the Elephant and Piggy books, right? And she said, no, Mom, you're my favorite author. She writes my mom. And I thought, oh, that is, that's really encouraging, very encouraging. But the most recent Goofy Mom moment I've had is I just, I've decided this is my year. I'm going to get into shape. And so I just yesterday signed up for a gym membership. And um, this morning, my nine-year-old said, Mom, I can't believe you signed up for a gym membership. That's just so not you. And I said, well, thank you. That's that's wonderful. But I went, to a, I went to a test class. I went to a test class in kickboxing a couple days ago. And my six-year-old had been telling me for quite a while, Mommy, you have a jiggly bottom. You have a jiggly bottom. I said, oh, thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. I will. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. And so I went to my class. She said, Mom, why are you going to exercise class? I said, so that I don't have a jiggly bottom anymore. She said, okay, Mom. So I went to class. I came home. She looked at me and she gave me a hug. She said, Mom, you still have a jiggly bottom. I said, thank you, sweetie. Didn't I say I was a work in progress? This is something that I'm just going to take a little while, but uh, keep, my kids keep me humble. They keep oh. me humble. <laughs> That's true. Kids are great for that. <laughs> they are. They, they don't care how many programs you've launched, how many books you've written, how much money is in the bank. They, they just know that you are mom and you have a lot of flaws. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. So, Becky, can you tell everyone where's the best place for them to find you online? You can find me at my website, my blog site, which is just BeckyKopitsky.com. So it's B-E-C-K-Y and Kopitsky. I blame my husband for this one. K-O-P-I-T-Z-K-E.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks, Beth Ann. It's been great to talk to you today. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. Brilliant.